Thomas Coffee Metal Podcast, episode 113. Greetings and welcome to the Thomas Coffee Metal Podcast. I am your host, Don Cardenas, and today I have a very special guest, an extremely talented artist, and I am going to assume just by the insane concepts that I've been seeing him put out, writer. Uh, his work has been on The Worst Dudes with Aubrey Citizen, uh, awesome dude and previous guest. Also, he's worked with The Word Bros, my buddies Bob and Kevin. Uh, I'm very pleased to have on the show today, Tony Gregori. Tony, thanks for coming hey. on. Hi, Don. Thanks for having me. Um, you have a really cool uh, Zoop kick, uh, Kickstarter, I'm sorry, <laughs> Zoop crowdfunding campaign <laughs> coming up uh, very soon. It might be launched by the time this, this airs. Uh, we'll, we'll get more into that as we go, but before we talk into talk about the just pure insanity that uh, pork chop robot killer appears to be, uh, I got to ask you, Tony, comics, coffee, metal. What are you digging right now? Uh, well, coffee wise, I'm drinking wide awake coffee, which uh, I guess is a pretty generic brand, but I want to okay. give them a shout out because. Um, you can get a full bag of grounds for like five fifty. Oh, really? And yeah, it's really good coffee. They have a Seattle Dark, which is exquisite, and I'm really enjoying that. And I make a, a nice pot of that a day. Gets me through the day. Nice, nice. And, um, it's very efficient. You know, I found like as when I was a younger man, I really fancied like going to get an Americano at home, making like a, a nice drip at home or whatever. But now it's just old fashioned filter coffee maker. You know, yeah, no, pot of coffee, hey. so a little bit of oat milk in that sucker, and then um, you're good to go. Okay, so you see, so like oat milk. I've tried oat milk, so like I've tried all the different milks because I'm open to trying things. You know, I'm, I, I never know if the the thing I try is going to be my new favorite thing. Yeah, and for some reason, the oat milk, I could just not get on board with that. I just. <laughs> I have like a. It wasn't like oh, I don't really care for it. I I kind of had like a, almost like a visceral reaction to like no no get the fuck <laughs> away from me. <laughs> Did you not like the taste of it? Yeah, it it tasted like cardboard to me. It just like wow. it's like I like oatmeal. I like oats. Sure. Like I, I have no sure. problem with any of that. Just for some reason the the two the two or three different oat milks I tried from different brands, it just it just had that flavor profile or whatever to me. And I'm like I don't know, man. Mm-hmm. And I was really hopeful too because the, the 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 texture of it and and like the I guess the uh, overall thickness of the order it seemed promising. When I was pouring it in, I'm like, okay, this could be cool, and then I'm like, no, no thank. <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's an acquired taste, I guess. Uh, no, I also it, I also yeah. mess with uh, coconut milk as well. Yeah, because um, I have a, I'm lactose intolerant, so I don't okay. really. Well, I mean, if I had no choice, for sure, yeah, I would I would definitely uh, probably get it and you know it's it's just a taste thing you know like i i could see like it sounded good to me you know for sure and it's just it's just one of those taste things like you know some people unfortunately are born with the gene that cilantro tastes like soap <laughs> yeah i've yeah, heard of that you know what? You i know? get i'm allergic to apples oh uh, see yeah, it's, uh, it's raw, raw apples now if you have it in a pie <laughs> or some sort of like baked good it's it's great that's and that's, like apple flavored candies are great <laughs> but if i have a regular apple i feel nauseous Oh, that's weird. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, and you know, see, there you go. Like, it's just, it's just, it's yeah. just one of those things. Well, I'm, it's not. I'm not going to claim it. like it's not as serious as an allergy might be, but 
you know but yeah it's just we all have flavor i'm not i'm not knocking anybody who uh yeah sure i feel bad for the cilantro people because i love cilantro oh god yeah i I feel so bad for them it's just you're missing out it's so many tasty things but i guess they don't know because it doesn't taste good to them at all yeah it's not like they chose to have it like that don't know what you don't know you know (laughs) yeah I'm checking out this wide awake coffee site and it looks pretty interesting. It looks like they, they sell some near me. So I should be able to go pick it up. I enjoy it. it. And it's and it's for the the price as well. Like for the yeah, bang for yeah. the buck, you know? Because like, it, you know, you can get some of these fancy I live in Montana and we have a lot of local uh local mm-hmm. beans and whatnot and they're great, but they're super expensive and sometimes mm-hmm. I just you know, I'm living on the artist budget. Some some weeks are better than others, so I'm like, ah, you know, I think I can just go with the wide awake. Mm-hmm. More often than not, I found the wide awake gets me through. You know. Well, we have now. A, I leave you coffee as I'm, I'm like a utilitarian. You know, where it's like yeah. it just has to get me through the day, and mm-hmm. it's not like a, a treat. You know. It's yeah. More like I, a like water. <laughs> it's like <laughs> vital. I, I mean, I've definitely had my phases with that. Um, I definitely have also tried. I think that's part of the reason I when when I started the podcast, I started to kind of try to talk about coffee more because I wanted to make it more interesting to me. To me, you know, I wanted to like force myself to try different blends, different roasters, and all these things. And I'm really glad I did because, you know, my my go to coffee for a long time was the store, store you know, the Javalia one you find in like all the stores, which was like, you know, not as you know cheap as like Wide Awake is but you know not exactly like as expensive as a local roaster yeah and uh but since then i've you know i've found so many roasters including ones near me and uh around me that just have excellent excellent stuff so but i'm always down to check out something that's more affordable yeah yeah Yeah, that's yeah it's more like an everyday usage you know it's not really like a like a gourmet thing like i will go to a coffee house every once in a while to work Especially in the summer, because um, I don't have air conditioning. So some days where it gets into the hundreds, like the yeah. fan just doesn't isn't enough. So I'll go to a coffee shop and I'll work in the air conditioning. And I'll, you know, we have we have uh, a place here, a bakery, or a yeah, I guess it's a bakery, but they also serve coffee called La Petite mm-hmm. in Missoula, and it is some of the best coffee I've ever had. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's I I. I think you know for for the most part most coffees are good these days it's really uh you know your your taste preference but yeah nothing like nothing beats it when it's like fresh ground from the beans like as soon as possible for you know brewed and into your into your gullet that's yeah but then you know it's sometimes it's nice to get a good Folgers you know it's just a good Uh, good hot black liquid that yeah. has caffeine. <laughs> you don't have to think about it. It's nothing precious. You just yeah. down it and you're done. <laughs> that was my father's drink of choice. He was a mechanic, so it was mm. Folgers in the morning. Uh, very, very blue collar. Uh, it, my, uh, my, my parents they weren't they weren't huge coffee drinkers. My mom got into like big into drinking coffee like after I moved out of the house. But before I was drinking coffee, and now that I'm like I'm into coffees, she can't drink coffees anymore because, well, she's you know older. But <laughs> yeah, it would probably kill her. But um, yeah. But it's like, oh man, we missed our window. Like I wasn't into coffee. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the oh, first she coffee, can yeah, be vicariously through you. you know? it's... Uh, the first cup of coffee I ever had was actually from uh, from my grandma. It was some Senka. <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> and I remember, I remember very distinctly. I was getting ready for like a uh, a little league game, and I'm like, I just, I just, at that age, I just knew coffee was the thing that gave all the adults like they woke them up and gave them energy. I'm like, oh, this is cool. I'm going to drink this cup of coffee before this game, and I took like three sw- uh, swigs of it, black Senka. That's probably just probably not even made right, and I don't know if you can make Senka right, but anyway. Um, <laughs> And it was just like, I I think it traumatized me in some <laughs> sort of fashion. I'm like, this is no what what's going on here? Uh, yeah, I used to uh, drink that. In my fa- my one of my first jobs when I was like twelve or thirteen, I helped out my father over the summer in his garage because he was a he owned his own auto repair shop. Mm-hmm. And so I got, I started drinking Sanka like thirteen Folgers and Sanka because <laughs> I was I I was not a morning kid so. I started drinking coffee at a young age, but it was always the cheap stuff because that's all we had. So I kind of grew up on it. So now, like, when I got older and I discovered, like, all these fancier and, and more bourgeoisie coffees, I... Well, you got really... the best of both worlds now. You can enjoy yeah. the stuff that's nice and cheap. You can yeah. also appreciate the stuff that's uh, a little more primo. Yeah, yeah. Living awesome. in both worlds. Do you drink it black or do you take cream and sugar? Or you say, actually, you said you had to put some oat milk Just in there, Just black. Right? Sometimes I put oat milk or coconut milk, uh, but generally just black. Okay. In the summer, I generally I'll uh, I'll make a pot at mm-hmm. uh, in the afternoon, yeah. And then in the morning, like I'll just pour it over ice and I'll just drink it iced in the summers because like when it's 100 degrees, it's too it's too hot for hot coffee. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like um, it's nice. I make a little like a little iced coffee, you know, put a little almond milk in there and a, mm-hmm. and some, no, for some sure. nice wide awake. It's a good way to start the day. Yeah, we've um, we've been experimenting with doing just like cold brews because my wife and I are both coffee drinkers. So you know, cold brews make... are too much. Like I get cold brews. At, I'll stop and get a cold brew at one of the local spots. Yeah, and uh, it just gets me too too on edge. Like it's too much for me now. Yeah, I I, I, I haven't gotten the right formulation yet. To, uh, to like to where I'm cool, where it's not like giving you like heart palpitations. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what it does to me. <laughs> and then, uh, but uh, between us, you know, I'll do a uh, a big pot in the morning. You know, both of us, but it, you know, we we kind of both drink it all day. So, like, you know, by by the evening time, we each have our last cup or whatever. But um, sometimes, you know, on certain days, <laughs> and the second pot's brewed, I just been like, instead of like trying to like, oh, how many more cups do I want? I just make a whole second pot, and I. Wow. Then yeah. I just save the rest of it for the next day for iced coffee. Yeah. Exactly. You know? That's the move, right? Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, again, especially in the summer. Um, and I haven't done it lately, but I used to like, when I would do a lot of running outside, like, you know, running outside in the summer, coming home and like making yourself like a little smoothie or whatever. And then you dump some coffee, some cold coffee into that smoothie. It, it was like, all right, <laughs> that's some good stuff. <laughs> Ready to go. Uh, awesome, awesome. Well, I think we I think we covered coffee for yeah, sure, pretty much <laughs> uh, from all angles. So, uh, what do you want to talk? Uh, what do you want to? What do you want to hit next? You want to talk about some comics you've been enjoying, or you know, does it have to be new? It could be old stuff too, or you want to you want the music chat going? Uh, well, I, I've been listening to a lot of Jane's Addiction, which is for some of the younger listeners. They were a band from Los Angeles in the nineties. Well, actually, in the eighties and the nineties. But yeah. I've been listening to a lot of them in Porno for Pyros. Kind of like having a Perry Farrell summer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, 
Yeah. Uh, I even watched some of their uh, recent performances. And he actually sounded pretty good. He kind of looks like the bad guy in the mask now, with all the work that he's had done to his face. But, <laughs> but he actually sounds pretty good, and he looks great for a guy in the 60s. It's kind of remarkable. Nice, um, nice. And all the stuff he put put his body through to still be you know, out there performing. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. Yeah, like, for sure. Uh, but yeah, I've been listening to a lot of Ritual and Nothing Shocking. And uh, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I usually... Uh, I get I get stuck in like uh, like loops with a band, so I'll listen to Radiohead, and I'll just listen to Radiohead for like three months, and nothing mm-hmm. but Radiohead, and then it'll be Jane's, and then it'll be like Beach House, or you know, and I kind of like you know I'll pick up a little like every once in a while I'll listen to some like Helmet, or you know, I grew up being a Guns N' Roses kid, so I'll listen to some Guns N' Roses. It's kind of like a guilty pleasure. Nice, nice. Uh, you know, Guns N' Roses, uh, they definitely, uh, s- s- you know, skid that uh, line between, like, hard rock, metal, you know, it really depends on, you know, who you're asking. <laughs> yeah, because, well, they came out, like, right, you know, at the tail yeah. end of hair metal, you know, so, yeah. and, like, then they went right into grunge and all rock and, you know, Metallica cut their hair and then everyone lost their shit. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I never yeah. was really into Metallica. I was thinking about it because when, when you know, talking about your podcast, no one had to talk about metal, and I'm not, I was never really a metal head as a kid. You know, I was, I was more like when I was a little kid, I was into like Huey Lewis and the News and like mm-hmm. Excess and stuff like that. And then one day, my older sister had a copy of Red Hot Chili Peppers' Mother's Milk, mm-hmm. and it was the like, yeah. album cover with the naked woman, and I was like with the band on, standing on her shoulders and stuff. And I yeah. put it in, and it blew my mind because it was just like, like, funk and metal, and like, yeah, all yeah I just never heard anything like that before. All the stuff, and I was must have been like ten or something. And uh, then I was like, oh, well, and that kind of got me on Fishbone and started listening. And I was I was big into like uh, no effects and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. I never really got into like metal, metal, you know, like oh, Metallica yeah. wasn't a thing because I was an MTV kid. Mm-hmm. So like Metallica didn't have a music video till one, and I was already like, yeah. I think I might have been like fourteen by then. So yeah, and then I was like, oh, they're pretty cool. Like I had heard some stuff off Master Puppets, but I wasn't like, yeah. it just it was too angry for me, <laughs> you know. <It> <laughs> well, you you kind of sent me some bands that you you did listen to, like Soundgarden, Alice in Chains, Helmet, yeah, and stuff like that. And I don't know if you've ever given like the 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 mid nineties Metallica stuff, like Load and Reload, a shot. I've listened to some of it. Yeah, uh, I'm not going to say I'm, you know, I really explored it or like mm-hmm. gave it too fair of a, sh- a shake. I remember I saw them live. I was at, I went to a Lollapalooza in like 1996, I think it was okay. in West yeah, Palm Beach. It, it, yeah, and it was that they headlined, but before mm-hmm. them was like Soundgarden and Raging Against the Machine and all these other bands that I loved. Yeah. And then by the time we got to Soundgarden, uh, Metallica, I was like on like six hits of acid at that point too, <laughs> and. Uh, I, we had, we left early. We left before Metallica yeah. was done, because it was like we were listening to Soundgarden. We were tripping our face off, me and a bunch yeah. of friends, and uh, it was just psychedelic and beautiful. And then Metallica comes on and just starts screaming one, and it was all angry, <laughs> and it just really fucked up my vibe. <laughs> and I kind of never really like fucked Metallica after that, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, I get, <laughs> it's I get like, it. It's like you with a Sanka, you know? It's kind of like yeah, yeah. It's just like no, thank you. That, that, I, yeah. I don't need this. Um, well. I, I would say like you know based on your the, the taste you you've described to me like I think some of that stuff from the load and reload 
because that kind of stuff is them taking a lot of the bluesier grunt like not necessarily grunge but it's just like more like that stripped down kind of sound yeah and then really like kind of setting the blueprint for what like modern hard rock is or was for a long time yeah. and so I, I i think there's some stuff in there that you would probably dig um because they, they definitely yeah they, they definitely uh tried some things i think songs like where the wild things are maybe bleeding me and yeah, um, i've heard these songs uh, okay um, i've heard some of them not all of them but like you know i, I listen to the radio a lot so yeah the, ra- the radio ones like... are, are definitely the more uh radio friendly ones but yeah there's, yeah there's there's some stuff where they've tried some things i mean there's a there's a yeah. whole ballad where they did it like with a like that what's that a uh, irish schmidt the hurdy-gurdy thing <laughs> and it's like it, it's a good song though but uh yeah, it's, um so they definitely tried some stuff there for for sure um I'll give it a like, shot. yeah you, you you mentioned like helmet and like i'm pretty sure helmet's pretty metal like they also are you know some people would say they're metal over grunge yeah uh considering yeah. and considering how many metal bands like heard helmet and like that's what we're doing now <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah those first two albums are amazing uh yeah meantime and betty or like i think mm-hmm. it's betty betty's the second one isn't it um i think so i i, I yeah. it's been the a first while two are great I... but then like it kind of feels like they're a little bit like for me like acdc where it's like yeah. all right i get it mm-hmm. i get the trick like not to just you know talk about no, ACDC, it, it's great it's great like, for what it is, but it is what it is yeah <laughs> yeah and it's like you're not gonna get a variation on that after a while it's like when they slow it down it doesn't sound good so it's like it has to be that <laughs> So I get it, you know. But those first two albums, man. If I if I'm on a deadline crunch and I just want to like put my head down and go to work, I yeah, just, yeah, you know, listen to that and I'll you know turn the gears up and there we go. Nice, nice. Have you ever given like Prong a shot? Uh, I've heard of them, but no, I don't think I have. Okay. I, I think so. they, they. I mean, they sound I, awfully familiar though. Um, they 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 definitely had a few tunes where you might have been like, oh, I've heard that one. Like, oh, yeah. that's them. Uh, I think they definitely they're I think they're like in the not necessarily the sound like the exact sound wise but in terms of like that how to define them they're definitely in that helmet area to where you can definitely say they're metal but they're also just kind of I don't know, just, to it. yeah yeah for sure they definitely were some of the another one of the precursors to a lot of like the groovier hard rocky metal kind of stuff that was happening in the late like Prong and Helmet and Alice in Chains. You toss them in a blender, and that's kind of how you get Godsmack. Yeah, um, yeah, and I like that first those first two Godsmack albums. Also. Oh, those first two ones are. When are I was great. a kid, I was I'll younger, young man. One, like, yeah, I even say the third one, Faceless, is 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 good. Um, yeah. But it's just been diminishing returns on on a lot of it. Um, are they still around? Yeah, are they, they are, and, and they've they're definitely not. They're definitely more of a radio rock band now. That's yeah. fine. They're doing what they want to do. Yeah. I don't, you know, I mean, How old are they? I mean, they got to be in their fifties, right? So. God, at least, yeah, at least. You know, the guy's name was Sully, wasn't that the yeah, lead singer? Sully name? Erna. What a name! You look like a Sully too. Like if yeah, you had to draw a Sully, I think, I think he's like five like two guy. or something too, which is even oh, better. Perfect. Like, yeah. um, but uh, no, I was really into them for for those first couple albums. I was really really into them, and then uh, you know, it's the same thing with kind of like Papa Roach, where it's like they're still oh, around yeah. and like on the radio today like 25 yeah. years after they came out yeah. and like they're doing something right i guess i mean they seem to be happy with what you're doing <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah hey papa roach man they have some tunes i mean 
I I remember I worked a I worked at this bar in Fort Lauderdale and they played played one night. It was like a live concert venue mm-hmm. uh, slash nightclub space in downtown Fort Lauderdale. And I was a bartender there, and um, they played there one night. And uh, the only thing I remember about that night is I got food poisoning and I was vomiting in the trash can behind the bar while Papa Roach was playing. <laughs> For like That's half a shift image. before the manager, the manager <laughs> saw me on the security cam because I didn't want to get off the shift because I needed the money. You know, I was trying to work through it, and oh, I was like, I couldn't, I couldn't stop vomiting. And the manager had to come get me off the bar and send me home. And I was like, basically, had food poisoning for like a day and a half. <laughs> but uh, I just remember like listening to Papa Roach as I'm vomiting with my head in a can. It was like, oh, that's definitely a vibe. <laughs> yeah, it was a vibe for sure. <laughs> I ate an egg salad sandwich from a Seven Eleven. That's well, what did me in. Yeah, it was a bad bad choice. Well, you know, I don't think I can think of a finer segue uh, into talking about your work than vomit. Um, just kidding. But uh, you, <laughs> oh, you, <wow. laughs> but you, uh, you, you worked with Bob and Kevin, uh, Bob France and Kevin Cuff on the Dust Pirates. And Kevin was uh, is a bud and was on the show previously. And he had a story about when he was in a metal band and was the vocalist. And they performed a show where he was not doing well and he was literally outside the venue vomiting in between screaming his head off <laughs> <Into the microphone. laughs> hey so, you know the show must go on you know He's, yeah kevin's so, a pro he doesn't <laughs> so, so, so that, that's where the association came in not anywhere near uh and not anywhere uh close to um referencing the the love of line work that you do on your books <laughs> Hey, you know, it's been called worse. So. Sure. Uh, but, um, so, you know, just to get right to it, uh, with your comic work, uh, you've had a pretty varied amount, like, kinds of projects happening from, you know, uh, there's your stuff with Aubrey, the worst dudes, the, to the Dust Pirates, to that Pork Chop Robot Killer, to some other stuff, uh, you've mentioned before we started recording. Is there, is there something that like you look for when you're when you're you know thinking about joining a project or something like that, or it's just kind of you know you've kind of kind of kind of uh, had the luck of the draw where people come to you with these crazy ass concepts and you're like, yes, let's do it. There's definitely some luck involved. I've lucked out and gotten to work with some really cool people, uh, people I consider friends on like projects that I'm proud of and books mm-hmm. I have fun making. So. I would say luck, definitely, you know, as with anything else. But um, I think, too, I got, at some point along the way, in indie comics, I got known for, like, being drawing weird stuff. So people started to push me with weirder, like, weirder concepts, you know? You're, you're and, a safe uh, person to bring the weird shit to. Which I guess so, yeah. Which in comics is, uh, I think everyone's kind of looking for that person. Like, who can I bring my weird shit to that I know yeah. will do an amazing job <laughs> and just be right there with me? Like, yes, let's do this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and I think I'm, I think I'm, I'm good to work with, and uh, uh, you know, I do pretty good work. So I think you know people enjoy working with me. So I think they start coming in with these projects, and um, you know, I kind of look for. Uh, look for the core of it you know like what what is it about and is it a story that i want to tell you know mm-hmm. and with people who i want to tell it with yeah you know and also like financially is it going to work out you know yeah because all those things have to work out and i've, I've had a pretty good luck of the draw you know i can't complain 
Oh yeah, you know, it it definitely shows in the work that you're you're definitely into it, and it's very awesome that you're you're finding these collaborators and things like that uh, that just are kind of fitting the vibe you want to do. But it also is something that is financially financially viable for you because I don't do comics full as my full time job, but you know I do have to. So factor in the financial aspects of using my time to make the comics. And yeah. there have been a few times where it's like, I would really want to like sit down and work on these pitches with people I know and people I, you know, are friends and I want to do these things, but I know that the money isn't lining yeah. up the way it would if I did this other thing. And you kind of have to make that decision sometimes and it's, it's it sucks. Yeah. Uh, sometimes so- you take a gamble. Sometimes I'll do some pitch, some pitch pages uh, on spec, just like, like uh, the worst dudes with Aubrey yeah. and we just, you know, made some pitch pages and then got picked up and Dark Horse published it. So sometimes you just got to do that too, you know? And For sure. You know, yeah. It, it's, it's all like, uh, it's all about just like kind of trying to keep my options open. And like, for me, it's like, I always have like different projects in different stages. Like mm-hmm. something I'm working, like drawing currently is something I'm, at, I'm developing with somebody else. And then like something else that's on the back burner till you know, over like four months from now so like and i kind of try to like pick and choose my projects like a little more uh like you said a little more considerate of time because i was younger i would take on everything mm-hmm. and then like try to get as much done as i could and, and work all the time but the older i get the, the more it's like i've slowed down not like in a bad way just to like i don't want to work at that pace anymore you know it's not healthy i can't do it yeah so yeah. like for me it's like working five days a week taking like one or two days off on the weekend and kind of like taking care of myself. Yeah. Very important. You know? Yeah. Very important. You know, the yeah. older we get, it's more, it's like, you know, we see like the, what happened to that poor, poor guy the other, you know, a couple months ago. Yeah. Um, I believe so you're like, referencing yeah, uh, that whole, the, yeah, the gentleman, the guy from Oni. Yeah. Ian so, McGinty. That's him. Yeah. I didn't know yeah. him personally, but he seemed like a great guy by all accounts. And his, his artwork is yeah, pretty it's cool. terrible. Yeah. It's, it, it's terrible. Um, I didn't, I, I'm, I'm only assuming that's what was the uh, the cause was he just overworked himself and yeah I mean if it wasn't that just the the discourse that came up about it yeah and you know I'm almost I'm gonna be 47 this year so like time you know father time's undefeated so I have to yeah. like <laughs> yeah, take yeah. care of myself especially yeah, I, in, the, in this economy yeah you know I'm 40 I got two kids like I gotta yeah. I, I can't dick around with like pulling you know multiple all-nighters or things like that no, like I, I, I like i i gotta take care of myself you know i gotta like get some yeah i can't do all-nighters i think i did all-nighter like six months ago mm-hmm. and it fucked me up for like two days afterwards yeah it's never it's never worth it and yeah um it's never worth it i mean I it was to, when you're younger like yeah. i felt like i was more elastic you know i could you could bend me and stretch me and i'd burn yeah. the candle like i bartended for 15 years and then uh and i would come home and draw comics <laughs> so, I, so I was able to do it full time. So I'd be up to like seven or eight in the morning drawing and then going to bed and waking up at like three in the afternoon and then like going to work at four and just doing that, <laughs> you know, <laughs> for years, just doing that. Yeah. And then you could do it when I was in my 20s and 30s. But now it's. Yeah, it's, it's you know, I, I've in my 20s and 30s, like I wasn't. um uh, I was still doing the, the full time job and, and the and I really wasn't full-on making comics you know every waking second you know that that kind of became more and more of a thing after 
I was dead at home and and because you know I have a, a, a at home gig I do part time mm-hmm. that you know really pay helps pay for the bills. <laughs> sure. Uh, aside from my awesome wife, but um, you know the the comics thing it started to pick up and it's starting to pick up more and I'm like oh okay and it's nice it's coinciding with the fact that my kids are starting to you know my daughter's in school full-time all-day school when it's in session and my son just started preschool a few months ago and he'll be kicking back into that soon so he's got a couple hours of my day right there so it's nice that that's all kind of coinciding but like this whole summer has just been a really big wake-up call to me like i cannot do it all (laughs) i cannot i cannot do all these comics (laughs) dad and do all the other stuff i don't have any kids so i've chosen the 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 nomadic lifestyle so it, it's just me and my dog <laughs> you know i uh, couldn't do it i couldn't i couldn't do this if i had a family i was just it, it wouldn't be economically feasible for me so yeah and, and you know i've i've long you know uh i don't say come to terms like it's some you know life or death thing but it's like if it ever came to the fact like you know my family needs me to get back into the time work thing and i have to you know yeah. drastically slow down making any comic and so it is what it is man like i it that that's the most important thing is like your family yeah and yeah. their well-being know, and making sure they're taken care of yeah and that was a choice i you know that was a choice i made and people who yeah. want to you know who are like i don't want kids or whatever that's cool too like i mean I'm, yeah I'm, yeah it's all cool <laughs> it's all good yeah, you know I'm not definitely, everyone's meant to have children i yeah. definitely was not you know I, i'm a great uncle I'm a really cool like art teacher to like I'll, I'll like uh, pick up gigs teaching art classes at like the uh, schools around town like I've done it for the college and also I've done it like elementary schools I've got friends with some teachers and they'll bring me in and we'll do like art seminars and comics classes and stuff and that's cool with me and I, and then then I'm able to like I don't have to be around kids anymore because they stress me the hell out so <laughs> I, can't, I can't I couldn't handle that it, like you know. You just care about them so much, and I'm constantly worried about them falling down, and hitting their head, or like it's there's. But then they drive you insane. And yeah. I know what a shithead I was to my parents. So all all I have to say is like, this isn't like a oh man, we have it so much harder because we have kids. We made that choice, all right. Not you know most of us we've made. Well, you, you make that choice once you <laughs> once you do the thing. That's <laughs> yeah. I mean, you kind of. <laughs> yeah. It just didn't happen. Um, uh, so it's not a but, miracle, but that way. Yeah, exactly. Um, but you know, I've I've done all kinds of jobs and done all sorts of silly things with like being up, you know, two days straight, and just all sorts all sorts of different versions of exhausted. I have never felt more exhausted than I ever had until we had a kid, and <laughs> yeah, it's because sorry. it's the mental exhaustion because it's like as tired as you are it's like you have to make sure this thing doesn't kill itself because yeah. it kind of like actively <laughs> is trying to kill itself yeah yeah so the world's trying to kill it so like you could just not like there was uh, there was a point with my daughter like when she was first born and i i remember i still remember it was the most tired i ever was i was up for a day because she was up all night and not that she wasn't sleeping that she was sleeping in these little bursts of like 20, 30 minutes. So by the time I finally realized, oh, she's sleeping, I'm not going to move her. I'm just going to sit here on the couch and I would start to drift off. She would wake up again and be <laughs> like, oh my God. 
And like, I remember this as soon as my wife woke up, because it was, you know, I took the overnight shift. I'm like, I'm done. I'm done. I got to go to like, I I did not sleep at all. (laughs) And, and yeah, it's, it's just. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I can see why you don't want to move through, though. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, you know, but I've done, you know, I, I've done like twenty-four hour comic book day. Uh, back when that was more of a thing, people would do. Um, if anyone's unfamiliar with that, uh, I think in like the early twenty tens, I think it was the most popular. It was. It was people would like go to like comic book shops and they would host these twenty-four hour comic book day things, and a bunch of artists would go and all sit and we'd make a comic in a day you know we draw 24 pages and, and letter depending on you know how far you got or whatever but those are some really really fun times that i could only do in my 20s <laughs> it, yeah no there's no way i didn't even do it back then yeah. i was uh i didn't start drawing comics again until i was in my late 20s mid to late 20s yeah, yeah so yeah same yeah that's when i picked up yeah. drawing again and you know i really didn't even start taking you know trying to do this seriously until you know 2014 so you know that's you know roughly 10 years ago or whatever so and even then you know i didn't really have the time you know i was still doing the full-time gig and i still had for um even though i look back i had more time than i knew what to do. i didn't have you know <laughs> I, I i didn't uh utilize that time the best <laughs> in terms of developing my skills so now I'm just trying to cram as much as I can into what I can uh, for all this. But yeah, the 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 overnight thing is just like oh, you can't do that. You got to take care of yourself. I'm glad you are. I'm glad yeah. that's a priority for you, making yeah. sure you do Definitely. all that. Yeah, all that stuff. Taking care of myself, working out, eating right, doing awesome. all the good things. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, doing doing crowdfunding campaigns, all the fun <laughs> stuff. You you you, you got to push the needle somewhere, right? Uh, <laughs> and on that topic, uh, let's talk about Pork Chop Robot Killer. Um, this is your creator-owned book coming out from Zoop very soon. Uh, the campaign will be launching. Uh, do you have an exact date yet? That Yeah, the 8th, August 8th. August 8th. Okay, so this episode will be dropping before then, so I'll make sure there's a link to the sign-up page. You can be notified as soon as it launches. Um, and, you know, I've just seen the cover art and just am aware of your previous work, so I just... I know this is going to be incredibly fun. <laughs> but, I hope it is. Uh, 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 let us know. What, give us the lowdown. What exactly is Pork Chop Robot Killer? Uh, it's about a pig, a loner pig in a desolate uh, post-apocalyptic landscape that's overrun with AI bots who have like, progressively destroyed all the nature. And, uh, you know, this pig... Big is not fond of this concept, so he goes about destroying the bots. I mean, really, what's about uh, is about my acceptance of the future and uh, <laughs> the slow encroachment <laughs> of AI and our, our techno overlords. It's it's so 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 you're really talking about speaking for all of us to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so, yeah. And then you know, when I started it, I was back in like 2018, mm-hmm. so it was kind of before it became it was such a it's become such a hot button issue. Yeah, I mean, people were still talking about it back then, but back when I started this, it wasn't really even about that initially because Porkchop was my grandfather's nickname. Oh, okay. He was a little 
He was a short little uh, iron worker immigrant from uh, Italy. <laughs> he came over in 1939. Yeah, and his nickname was Porkchop because he was about five six and about 230 pounds. And a tough, tough, you know, one of those tough guys, you know, yeah, old yeah. school, you know, born in Italy, half Sicilian, that dude. And a sweet, sweetheart of a man. But um, I wanted to do something to kind of honor him or kind of uh, something I love, you know, because I was kind of yeah. like thinking about doing my own thing. And uh, I wanted to do something sparse and something where like I would want to draw something I'd have fun drawing. And uh, at first I was going to do like a period piece where I kind of did like mm -hmm. an autobiographical, autobiographical book about my grandfather. But I didn't want to like do all that work, you know, and I didn't want to talk to all these relatives about it because I just didn't want to. I didn't have that in me, you know. Yeah. So instead, I was like, well, you know what? <laughs> what do I want to draw? And I was drawing all these bots, all these like robots, and they're all piecemeal robots with like, uh, like household appliances and you know things of that nature, <laughs> things in our everyday world. Yeah. And uh, and uh, I was like, yeah. What if I just like because I want to do just I want to do like an action piece, like like kind of like yeah. Shaolin Cowboy or something. Whereas like the dialogue was sparse, not a lot of talking, almost like a silent book. There's a lot of action, a lot of emotion, you know, but also something fun. And uh, I was like, well, what if I just make a pig? And he's just smashing all these, all these bots because I love pigs. I've always loved pigs. I don't eat pork. Uh, they just seem like super sweet, intelligent animals, you know, and. Uh, just don't piss them off and give them a sledgehammer. Just don't piss them off. Exactly. <laughs> and they're better than humans generally. So at first it was going to be a guy. And I was like, you know, that's kind of silly. Like, who wants to watch a guy? <laughs> I mean, but like, you know, kind of like this, because I have the whole uh, story plotted out and I have the first issue and a half drawn. Yeah. So what, I, what I'm crowdfunding is the first issue, which is 32 pages, uh, full color. I'm coloring it as we speak. Um, and then like, I actually have the whole script for the next issue and the rest is little series plotted out. So I have like an ending nice. in sight and I know how it's going to go. But oh, you know, as great. the story goes on, I introduce other creatures and other anthropomorphic uh, characters. And then there might be like a, a bot buddy or two. Um, okay. As it goes, and it kind of has like, at the end of it, I, I guess I won't give it away, but at the end of it, it's about more than just like the pig smashing robots. Yeah. But you know, it's a lot of fun to get to that point, that emotional center. So. Well, I, I'm glad to hear that you have like an ending plan in sight. Cause I think, I think people uh, kind of underestimate how important that is for books these days to like have an ending, even if it's not the end end, like have an ending and work towards that. Not just assume you're going to be doing this ind indefinitely and then trying to figure it out. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's, yeah. Uh, that's fool's gold. I mean, that's foolhardy, right? That's like, yeah. the first, you know, when that person tells you that they want to make their first book and they want to make their like a hundred some page, like magnum opus, is their first thing. It's like, how about you just concentrate on a short story, like a three pager or a five pager. Yeah. <laughs> so like with this, it's like, I have, a, I, I could see it going, it, it definitely ends in four, but I could kind of squeeze it in, in three if I had to, mm -hmm. you know, but I'm kind of flexible with that. But, you know, uh, I, I, I'm really proud of it. It's something I did in 2018 and I put the first 12 pages on my Patreon. Uh, and then uh, my father died and I kind of like took months off of doing anything. Yeah. After that, like kind of organized uh, life and affairs and yeah. family stuff. And then once uh, once that happened, I kind of stopped the Patreon because yeah. I, I wasn't like putting anything up on it. And I kind of felt bad. Like, 
have this Patreon and people are giving me money and I'm not posting mm-hmm. anything because I'm like, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it just felt, it, it, it bothered me. So I, oh, I got I, rid of the I Patreon. I get it, totally. But I had like, I kept drawing the book and I had like, the, I drew the, I finished the first issue and I kind of put it away. And then like a couple, about a year ago, I decided to draw, start drawing issue two. And I got like halfway through that. And I've kind of been sitting on it with not knowing what to do with it. And thankfully, Zoop came about and uh, kind of afforded me the opportunity to try to get it out to people. So Awesome. Now, excited oh, to be able to bring it to people. Uh, we, we actually have a couple of Twitter questions. And one of them was one a question I was going to ask you. Uh, but since uh, our, our buddy Jason Copeland went and uh, asked it on Twitter, it's a good, good time as any to bring it up. Um, so from Jason Copeland, he has a statement and a question for the esteemed Mr. Gregory, uh, Gregory, sorry, uh, stoked to see you taking a go at the writer artist thing, man. Very cool. How does your drawing process change now that you are drawing your own script or did it? Uh, yeah, it did change. Uh, you know, working from a script, you have, you know, have a diagram, you have an outline of how things are going to go and you know, it's. You know, it's all in like breaking things down and being collaborative with the writer and figuring out are, are things, are we seeing things in the right way? You know, mm-hmm. like am I, like, am I, are you, am I drawing the script the way you envisioned it? You know, and generally yeah. speaking, like, I don't have any problems with that. And like, I've worked with a lot of writers who kind of just let me cook, mm-hmm. you know, so, you know, I've kind of developed some storytelling chops, I feel. I feel like storytelling is one of my stronger aspects of my work. So when it comes to like writing this, I just kind of like outline action and scenes visually. You know, I have it in my head, I have an outline about how it's going to go and I'll just start drawing it like thumbnails, you know, okay. as it goes, I'm writing it as I'm drawing it, you know? So it's a little more organic, actually a lot more organic, <laughs> you know, like it's like, it's Marvel method stripped down to its bare essentials, you know, <laughs> if I had to describe it anyway, like it's definitely not like, you know, Kind of one, this is what happens. It's like, yeah, this page, the pig is going to uh, save the whale. There's a giant whale that shows up in the book in issue two, right? <laughs> so in this page, the pig is going to save the giant whale. He's going to basically, like, you know, break into the facility where the whale's being kept just on this one page, and I'll figure that out, you know? And that's how I figure it. You know, and sometimes, like, as I'm doing that, I'll find that, hey, you know, things can move around a little bit. But, yeah. you know, I, I, I'm not a writer, you know? Uh, I don't pretend to be one, so um, I'm not going to try to break it down Grant Morrison style. I just kind of like. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally feel you there. Um, you know, I haven't written a ton of stuff as, you know, story-wise for myself, but I feel like the more I've tried to, the more I feel like I have to kind of do it the way you're doing it. Like I have to like, yeah, well, cause you're innate. It's like innate in you as a, as a visual storyteller, you know, you have to have patrons, you know, you know, yeah. the flow of things, you know, like where you can have a beat. And you kind of, you already feel it because you've been drawing the, like, you know, when you organically, at least I do, I feel like I know when I need to slow things down because I feel like I've been going so fast that things need to like dial yeah. down a little bit. I need to have a quiet moment. I need to have, you know, mm-hmm. bring the reader yeah. back in emotionally, you know? So it's like, yeah, exactly. But yeah. as a writer, I think some writers don't, you know, like they have to learn that, you know? So mm-hmm. No, yeah, 100%. It's, and you know it, it's definitely the visual thing, and I think for some reason, you know, and, and it could be—it's most likely, definitely, one hundred percent how my brain is wired. The fact that, like, if I sit down and like I 
wrote out like a full script or even it's like a half script or something. And then I laid it out and then I did and inks. I feel like I've, I've lost the, the fun of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know, I feel like I've, I've, I've taken, I've uh, just kind of wrung it out too much. Yeah. It's like and, redrawing a thing. Like, yeah, I hate, I hate redrawing stuff because it loses energy every time I redraw it. So yeah. it's like, I've gotten to the, like, I've, I try to like, I almost go straight to the board now. Like I'll do like, mm-hmm. depending on the writer I'm working with, if I'm working with like somebody or a company, like I do an issue of Ninja Turtles. So I had to do like, you know, type pencils and breakdowns. Yeah. And, you know, I had to break it down stage by stage for, for Nickelodeon. You mm-hmm. know, so I get that. I've done that. But also like if I'm working with some writers where it's like, I can just send them like loose thumbs and I can go straight onto the board and start drawing. Yeah. Like I don't, I like to do it that way. I prefer it that way because it's, it's just uh, the energy is there, you know, and say, Hey, you know, sometimes you look back to like, I could maybe could have done that better. And maybe done that differently, but also mm-hmm. the energy, you never lost any energy. So at least that, yeah. like, that's true. Cause you know, you can go back and stuff that you've like meticulously broken down in this different stages of it and still like find things that you could have done differently or better. Yeah. So, but you suck the energy out of it because <laughs> it's so <laughs> sanitary and like, mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. And it, it, it is something I, I, I do kind of struggle with a lot because I know for at least, you know, in, in some cases for myself, if I actually pencil kind of tight before I ink end product is better. Yeah. But there's, there's also the, the cases to where like I spend too much time trying to pencil tight. And by the time I get to inks, I'm just brains, you know, my art brain's not getting it up for the, for yeah for sure anymore. no yeah i, I yeah. feel that i definitely have to find because i had to find i have to find that's why i struggle sometimes is like the happy medium of how much how detailed do my pencils need to be from for me to ink it and like yeah. i'm trying to just tighten up a little bit more you know because yeah. i do i agree with you like if my the tighter my pencils are the better my inks end up being because there's less decisions i'm making on the fly as i'm making and yeah. more that i've already thought out in the drawing process yeah um so and and but then you can get down that rabbit hole like you said and next thing you know you're like noodling it and it's like oh jesus <laughs> spent, yeah. you know i gotta ink this now like i must spent an hour drawing this guy's hairline like yeah. what <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> okay, i was gonna put ink over it so what's the difference so it's like it's finding the happy medium it's for me it's like for real it's just like spotting the blacks and finding the shadows within it because then once you start inking and you figure it out where the dark where the blacks go the heavy darks yeah. then you can just kind of like go from there you know yeah it's like that that is 100 percent like one of the things i enjoy doing the most and you know, I'm I'm currently alternating between books. The first one, EV and the Hellsings, my career-owned book with Steve Bryant, where I I'm the main like not that Steve doesn't have input on how things look. I'm like 99% in charge. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. I have this other book, Stay the Night, where I'm working with a writer, and she's and she's a you know old movie director, and she wants to direct everything. And yeah. you know, I you know she's asked me not to like spot all the blacks and stuff like that, that I normally do, which is a huge, like at first I was like, yeah, I could, I could not do that. But then I realized like how much that structure of those things I was kind of like using to like inform everything else I was doing. So it's kind of like having to like relearn a lot of things, how to do yeah. how to like structure a lot of things just because I couldn't do that anymore. And um, which, which has been interesting, you know, it, it's, you know, I, I don't 
you know, for, for the most part, I don't really mind it because it's making me think about things a little bit differently. And if I feel like I can learn from, from it, you know, I feel like it's worthwhile, you know? Um, but it's definitely was those things where it's just like, yeah, I, on this, I find myself like spending too much time noodling in the inks at times because I'm trying to like get that structure that I would, I would have if something was just blacked out <laughs> right there yeah. or something yeah. like that. Yeah. You know, and, you'd already have the form, you know? Um, yeah. Well, yeah. And that's, it's hard when you're working with somebody who isn't a visual artist and is like trying to get in that process. I yeah. don't, uh, that's, that's tough. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I feel you. <laughs> yeah. I feel you. yeah well, uh, you know, I'm lucky. I don't, I really don't get a lot of art. Direct. I mean, I get some art direction on some things, but like generally speaking, people just kind of let me do my thing. And I've been pretty lucky. Uh, um, I, I 100%. So I've been blessed with the writers I've had up until this point in terms of like, they just kind of let me do what I want to do. Yeah. Well, that's um, kind of like why you do like a, a, a crowdfunded book, you know, do your own thing. Cause it's like, yeah, you know, I, I definitely have like, you know, I'll do licensed stuff. I did some Rick and Morty covers recently. Mm -hmm. uh, I think they come out towards the end of the year and uh, you know, doing that stuff has been, been fun too. Like taking licensed characters and figuring out how to draw them in my style. Yeah. Like, how am I going to draw, you know, Rick and like, you know, differently than anyone else has drawn Rick. No one wants to see my rendition of Rick, but kind of <laughs> bending it to fit like, and then, you know, I found with that too, it's drawing all the background characters. Mm -hmm. uh, I can kind of take more liberties with those. Yeah. I bet. It was like Rick and Morty looks like Rick and Morty. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I've, I've, I've had a few friends who, who have drawn like that exact IP Rick and Morty. And it's interesting because they've been have they have such like disparate styles from each other. And it's just yeah, like, like Ryan Lee does a great Rick and Morty. Yeah. Like he, you know, and I'm glad that they kind of let him be him. Yeah. Because yeah. he definitely like matches the vibe. <laughs> yeah. Like his, his insanity sure. matches the vibe of everything. For sure. I love his work. Yeah, Ryan, it's so Ryan. cartoony. It's so detailed and like so. It's, it, kind of yeah, it's like it's it's everything. It's like it's you everything. want something like dynamic. You want something and uh, like heavy, you know, heavy inks, but also like yeah, he's just he, he's he's one of those people. Like all their artists are like, yeah, that fucking guy, that guy. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> he's it, a sweetheart of a guy. So yeah, he's he yeah. Can't, big, can't be mad at him. No, no, Big Fudge is the best. Um, <laughs> big Fudge. I didn't know that was his nickname. <laughs> Uh, I'll be I'll be honest. I don't know if Ryan's gonna listen to this. Um, but um I don't remember where people started calling him that. I know I think it's the Michigan crew or whatever. Um that's something to do with fudge, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah. So some some uh I, I was told it what what it was. I don't remember exactly what it is so long ago. But um yeah, Ryan Ryan's a a total sweetheart. Um hearing hearing the 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 uh the thrust of why you were doing pork chop robot killer is actually really interesting because as like kind of like fun and kind of crazy the book seems it coming from a place of genuine love for your for your grandfather and, and the nickname and wanting to do something to honor him i think that's 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 kind of the amazing thing about independent comics and why i love i i've i've i just loved independent comics you know more and more of each passing year because you're not gonna really get that kind of connect personal connection to something because on no, its face yeah. value, you know, you could, you could take it at its face value as a, you know, 
crazy looking story about a uh, a uh, a pig guy smashing you know AI robots. Yeah, but you know, just knowing the personal touch to it, it 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 just adds so much to the to the it colors the, the the book so much that it's like it feels like I need to read this now. Like, <laughs> I, I I need like not, I wanted to read it for sure. Like I was definitely like, yes, I can't wait to read this. Sure. But it's also like I need to read this now. I you know, and not that you know I'm going in with an expectation of something. It's just like you know, I know, but I know it's coming from a place in you that's, that's, that's beyond the, haha, isn't this funny? Yeah, no, there's definitely like, uh, within the first issue, like there's, I don't want to give it away, but the first issue like starts off with like a giant set piece with a a giant explosion. They fights a bunch of bots, but then it slows down and there's like an intimate, some, you know, intimate peaceful moments and touching moments. And then, you know, we get the ending, the climax, which is like a, Basically, a cliffhanger. Cliffhanger the next, the next issue, essentially. Awesome. Um, it, it it sounds uh like, you know, the the perfect way to to start things off. You know, I, I like it when a book starts off with a bang. I'm always yeah. I'm always for that. It definitely starts uh, off with a bang. Yeah, I, I, I'm always I'm, <laughs> a, I'm always a mark for that. You know, because <laughs> it's, it, it's it's you know it people could call it a trope or like a, a formulaic way to do something. Not that I'm saying that it is at all, but it's also like, it's just a good recipe, man. Like, yeah, I'm not yeah. Gonna, I'm not gonna uh, you get, you draw me in. You gotta, you gotta hook me, you know, if you hook yeah. me, then, then, then you can like do whatever you want with me. Once you hook me, like you can kind of yeah. bend me over. For that. <laughs> yeah. You can yeah. like move me around and like, uh, fuck play with my emotions, you know, exactly. you can like, uh, you know, do whatever. Because it's like, then you, and then once you got me, then you, if you make a mistake here or there, if there's a misstep, you know, I don't, you don't totally lose me because I'm still invested. Exactly. But if you, if it, if it takes a while, like I'm watching a movie, then like it's just kind of like there's nothing off the bat, especially like an action movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But even like dr- dramatic movies, you know, you know, good writers and good storytellers, you know, they know how to hook you either emotionally or viscerally, you know. Yeah. So, and that's, you know, with, with uh, Porkchop, I was like, what I want to draw, that, that's what I started out the book with, which is like what I want to draw. Him just like kind of running through all these bots and laying the waste a bunch of them and, you know, the chase scene and, and stuff like that. And that's kind of like where I wanted to go. But then, like, I introduce you to his his surroundings, you know, and who he is <laughs> as a pig, as a defiant loner. <laughs> Militant pig, <laughs> as, as a his man, passions. pig. <laughs> as a man, yeah, this is his, as a, just as a pig. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I think that's, I think that's a fantastic way to do it, um, and I, I, I can't wait to check it out. Um, Tony, uh, I, I'm gonna have to have you back on. Uh, you, you mentioned some stuff coming up. Uh, yeah. towards the end of the year i'm definitely going to try to figure out how to get you and maybe your your co-creator on that back on the show um, david crispino yeah yes. that would be that'd be amazing uh, we'd love to but as our time draws to a close here um uh thank you for coming on if you can let everybody know where they can find you on social media now is yeah, you can you can find me uh on twitter twitter right is that what's called twitter x whatever i'm calling it yeah. twitter i don't care it's twitter yeah <laughs> Not going to change me. It's Twitter. Yeah. You can find me on Twitter at Tony Gregori, T-O-N-Y-G-R-E-G-O-R-I. And then you can find me on Instagram 
at Tony Gregori, but I got clever with my name spelling on that one. So it's toe, <laughs> T-O-E, knee, K-N-E-E. So Tony Gregori. Uh, and then I'm also on Blue Sky. Anybody who's on Blue Sky. Come over to the nice blue skies, everybody. It's 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 yeah. not too bad. It's not too bad. Not it's too pretty bad. good over there. You know that it needs DMs. I was talking to my buddies about this about about this the other day. It needs DMs for sure. You need to have like some pro accounts, like either like some pro sports teams or like mm-hmm. you know. And also, you got to be able to share videos, right? You basically just I, have to make it t- Twitter. Yeah, I, I I think you know I'm fine <laughs> without the DM thing. Like, there's too many messages, message app uh, things. Like I'm fine with like no DMs, but like videos and gifts. Like I I primarily communicate in gifts. Like this is that's just <laughs> how my like I I I'm lost. I've become a adept at it, or at least I think I am. I'm probably annoying to yeah. most of my friends, but I think I'm funny. <laughs> that's just that's just that's my love language is gifts um so <laughs> that's and, and it's gifts not gifs don't call it yes. gifs yeah hey, GIFs. oh man we don't have enough time in this recording for me <laughs> <laughs> like motherfucker it's gif it's a g <laughs> oh everybody uh yeah the pork chop robot killer uh coming to zoop uh early august i will leave a link to that and all of tony's socials in the show notes tony once again thank you so much thanks bob thanks for having me Okay, we almost forgot. Real quick, Tony, question from Grant Stoy. How many chicken nugs are too many? Talking McDonald's? I'm guessing guessing in general here. I'm going to say anything more than six is gladness. You know what? I don't disagree, but I also... I also feel like I probably, if I ever like sat down to eat chicken nuggets again, it'd probably be at least 10. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't, you know, I haven't had a chicken nugget in over a decade. Like I haven't eaten fast food in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say like if I was on a road trip and I was going to get some chicken nuggets, I would, yeah. I would limit myself to six. Cause I know the, the, the disgusting animal that I am. Mm-hmm. So knowing that at my advanced age, I would say anything more than six for me personally is a sin and bloodness but that's just for me all right you know what so still good words to live by know thyself yeah everyone's <laughs> different like if i was 21 years old you know know, know thyself. thyself yeah you know perfect right. know thyself <laughs> <laughs>